0: I want to talk to you about how greatness was God's idea. Greatness was God's idea. And I want to talk about the greatness that's inside of you. And I believe that there is greatness inside of you. And today we're going to unlock that greatness. You know, one of the things that Jesus said, and we've talked about this verse many times in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how, the, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went about doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And one of the things we get to celebrate uh, this week is freedom from oppression. And but Jesus is the true author of freedom from oppression because oppression is removing from from someone the power to fulfill their potential and their purpose to to enslave somebody or to keep a person in bondage to a powerless existence or to prevent a person from experiencing what's inside of them, the greatness that's on the inside of them. And I'm here to help unlock that greatness that's inside of you. I want you to say this out loud. Say, there's greatness inside of me. Say it again. There's greatness inside of me. Say it like you mean it, Life Changes Church. There's greatness inside of me. I really believe if you'll take a hold of that and believe that. Uh, something is going to be activated in your life. Something is going to be something's going to explode and be unleashed in your life today. And I'm going to talk to you about it. Genesis chapter 12, verse one, it says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and from your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great. Now, notice this is God's idea. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. This is God's idea. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I want you to grab a hold of these promises, and I'll get to why you can claim these promises for yourself as well. But today we're going to be delivered from the oppression that prevents us from reaching our potential and reaching uh, and and. Tapping into our purpose and the treasure and the greatness that's on the inside of you. You might not be seeing greatness on the outside of your life financially or in your family or in your health or in your mind or in your emotions, but it's in there. The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. There is a treasure of greatness inside of you, and we're going to unlock that today. But... One of the things that we've got to be willing to do is get rid of excuses. Maybe you've heard me say many times before that God doesn't accept excuses, but he gives plenty of grace. He doesn't accept excuses, but he gives plenty of grace. In other words, what that means is is that we, we should be willing to admit that we have need in our life. And when we're willing to admit that, God's grace will meet us there. That's a form of humility, admitting our need, admitting that we haven't figured it out and we need God's power. We need God to, to reveal something to us. Sometimes we make excuses for why we are staying limited, why we're staying mediocre, why we're staying sick, why we're staying broke, why we're staying defeated. We make excuses for those things, and we've got to eliminate those excuses and begin to expect the greatness of God that's inside of us to begin to show up in our lives. You might not see it right now, like I said earlier, but it's going to show up in your life. And I want you to begin to expect that today. And so um, so I want to take you to another scripture and then I'm going to come back here. But, but I, I want to encourage you in Isaiah chapter 51, verse 2. And l- let's look at that verse together. It says, Isaiah chapter 51, verse 2. And I hope you're encouraged by what we're talking about here. I think you will be by the time we're done. The Bible here says, Look to Abraham your father and to Sarah who gave birth to you in pain. When he was but one I called him, then I blessed him and multiplied him. Now I want to read that to you from the New Living Translation. It says, Yes, think about Abraham your ancestor and Sarah who gave birth to your nation. Abraham was only one man when I called him. But when I blessed him, he became a great nation. And the thing that I want to encourage you in that verse is when he was only one man, God called him. And when God blessed him, he became a great nation. No matter what your situation is right now, you might be broke. (laughs) Maybe you're broke when God calls you. Maybe you're sick when God calls you. Maybe you're feeling defeated when God calls you. Maybe you've gone through a painful marriage situation or a painful parent-child relationship or job situation. No matter what your condition is, God doesn't limit you to what your present condition is. God calls you something no matter what you feel like or look like right now. And I really believe when you get a hold of that, this is what begins to unleash this greatness inside of you. Embrace the call. When Abraham was one, God said, "I called him." You know, when we built our first church at Life Changers, we didn't have any money. We didn't have any people. When we first started the church, we didn't have any people. We didn't have any. We didn't have any money. We didn't have a denomination to support us. We didn't have. Um, nobody gave us a building. Nobody gave me money, it it, really, we started basically from scratch and, but we, but we knew God called us and no matter what your situation is, when you, when you embrace God's calling and God's calling, isn't just as a pastor, as a preacher, as a teacher, or as an evangelist, as a missionary, as a doctor, as a lawyer, it's what does God call you? What does he call you? God called Abram, Abraham, and we're going to get to that in a few moments as well. But what does God call you? He calls you blessed. He calls you, he calls you loved. He calls you successful. He calls you prosperous. He calls you his son or his daughter. That's what I mean by don't get, don't get uh, trapped in just defining, limiting the word calling to what your vocation is or what your spiritual gift is. It's what does God say about you? And that's what I'm referencing here. And, um, and so I really want to encourage you to, to believe that anything's possible in your life. And and when we look at the blessing that was on Abraham's life, according to Isaiah 51 and Genesis chapter 12, we re, we need to realize the pattern and discover the pattern. In fact, Romans chapter 4, verse 12 says that we're to walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham. We're to walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham. So let's go through some of these steps because Here's what, here's what we need to believe. Here's what we need to understand. In, in Galatians, chapter, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, it says that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For cursed is one that hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham, verse 14 says, that the blessing of Abraham would come upon each one of us. And so what we need to do is realize we have the blessing in Christ. We have Abraham's blessing, but we got to learn, we, we got to learn to activate that blessing. We get to learn how to activate that blessing by following the steps of the faith of our spiritual father, Abraham, the father of our faith, the Bible calls him. So notice we're blessed in Christ. We're blessed with the blessing of Abraham, but we activate it by following the steps of his faith and what we're going to go through those. Now, now here's what I want you to get a hold of. Every one of these steps is a response or a reaction to what God has already done for you. And in Abraham's case, every one of the steps he's about to take, and I'm going to show you six or seven of them. If we get through them, every one of the steps he takes is a response to God's blessing. This is not how, If you follow these steps, God will bless you. The blessing is in you. The blessing is on you. But as you follow these steps, you're activating the blessing that is on the inside of you. You understand? It's not earning it by following these steps. It's activating what's already inside of you by following these steps. So every one of these steps led to Abraham experiencing the greatness that God spoke over his life when he first said, I will bless you. I will multiply you. I will make your name great and I'll make you a blessing. So what is the first thing? If we go back to Genesis chapter 12, verse one, what's the first step that Abraham took? Number one, he says back in Genesis chapter 12, verse one. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. Okay, so the way that I have put this in the past, maybe you've heard me share this before, but we need to leave our country in order to experience and activate the greatness of God that's on the inside of you. We need to leave our country. Now, that doesn't mean we leave this great land that we're in or wherever you're watching this. It doesn't mean you have to physically leave your country. But what what God was telling Abraham was there are certain mindsets that you grew up with, certain mindsets that your country gave you. Your family gave you. Your kindred gave you. Your kinfolk gave you. Your parents gave you. Nothing against your parents, but there's certain mindsets you grew up with. And what he's really saying is leave the old mindsets that have limited you from experiencing the greatness that God has called you to walk in. Leave those mindsets. When he says leave your country, he's really saying Leave those people, not because they're bad people, but because you've gotten familiar with their mindset and you're going to follow the same pattern of life, the same limitations that, that they've walked in because of the way they think. The first recorded command that God gave to Abraham was to get out of his old way of thinking that was perpetuated by his relatives and start a new lineage and a new generation, and a new future, and a new destiny because you are adopting a new way of thinking, a blessing-mindedness way of thinking, a a greatness-mindedness way of thinking, a, a, a greatness-on-the-inside-of-you mindset, a blessing-inside-of-you mindset. That's the first thing that we've got to do to follow that, these steps that Abraham took to activate the greatness inside of us. Is to leave those old mindsets. How you grew up. Maybe you grew up thinking this is how I'll always be. This is what I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm, you know, what I'm limited to. This is as far as I'm going to go. As far as no, man. God told Abraham, look to the stars and count them if you're able to. And He's making fun of them. He's he's playing with Abraham. Look, count the stars if you're able to. That's how many descendants you're going to have. Can you begin to think like that for your business? Can you begin to think like that? for your own destiny, for your own purpose? Can you begin to think like that for the impact you can make in people's lives? Can you begin to think like that in your job? Can you begin to think like that if you don't have a business that God could give you one like that? Listen, your descendants, the impact you can make is beyond the number of stars you could count or the sands that are by the seashore, the Bible says. That's what's inside of you and you activate it by leaving those old mindsets. The second way to activate it is found here in Genesis chapter 12, verse two, when he says, and I will make of you a great nation, I will bless you, and I will make your name great, so you shall be a blessing. So the second way to activate the greatness of God that's on the inside of you is to be a blessing, is to be a blessing. In other words, don't just look at life at, at at how life is going to bless you and how people are going to bless you. Expect to be a blessing. Look at how you can be a blessing. Be on the blessing side where you're blessed to be a blessing. You say, well, I'm not really blessed. But you are. It's on the inside of you. you got to leave that old mindset that you're not blessed and adopt a new mindset that you are in Christ, blessed with Abraham. All the blessings are yours in Christ. Now go out into your world and bless the people you come in contact with. You don't have to bless everybody financially. You can bless somebody with encouragement. You can bless somebody with a smile. You can bless somebody with a with a word of inspiration. You can bless somebody with a hug. You can bless somebody with some with with a meal. You can bless somebody by telling them about Jesus. You can bless somebody by telling them that there's greatness inside of them. You're blessed to be a blessing. We've got to get blessing inside minded. And the the Really, the enemy of being a blessing is self-centeredness, uh, th- focusing on ourselves. God's purpose is to bless you, to be a blessing. And sometimes we get so caught up in self-centeredness and we get so caught up in. Um, remember the the prodigal, uh, the prodigal son, when he left his father, he said, father, give me the inheritance that belongs to me. Father, give me, father, give me, father, give me. Father, give me. When he came to his senses, he came home and he said, Father, make me, make me, make me, make me a blessing. Give me the blessing. And then when he came to his senses, make me a blessing. If you'll get rid of the give me, not nothing wrong with Lord bless me indeed, but the purpose is to be a blessing. Lord, make me a blessing. I know that I have the blessing inside and I want to be a blessing now. You activate it by Blessing others with words, blessing others with gifts, blessing others with encouragement, blessing others with prophesying what's inside of them. I don't mean going around and, 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 and pulling somebody into the bathroom and prophesying to them before the service or during the service, but to, but to just speak words of life over one another. That's blessing people. And there's so many ways that you can do that, but we gotta, we gotta get rid of self-pity. It's, 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 nearly impossible to be a blessing when you're feeling sorry for yourself there's you know i you know feeling sorry for ourselves there's so many people in the bible that did and when they did they were they were stalled they were they were um they 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 they, they were stuck in i i can't take it any longer i'm worthless nothing turns out right for me I'm the only one that does right. No one ever does anything for me. Everyone else gets a break in life. I always end up with the bad end of the deal. This mindset of self-pity, we gotta, you know, we gotta crucify it. We gotta put a, put a knife to that way of thinking. And you'll see the power of God, the greatness of God begin to be unleashed in your life. It, it starts with blessing, with, with, with leaving our old mindsets and then blessing, being a blessing. To the people in our lives, be a blessing to the people around you today. Be looking to give. Be looking to prefer one another. We honor one another by putting others above ourselves at times, preferring one another, and wanting the best for one another, and believing the best for one another, and cheering one another on, and encouraging one another, and being being one another's number one fans, number one cheerleaders. You're never going to miss out when you're a fan of somebody else. When you're and I mean, I don't mean a fan of an athlete or a celebrity, but I mean, when you're a fan of another human being in your life and you're interested in their success, you'll always experience success in your life. It just, it just goes with the territory. Um, all right, let's keep going. Number three, look at Genesis chapter 13. We're talking about how to, how to activate the greatness of God that's on the inside of you, the blessing of God that's on the inside of you. Number three, in Genesis chapter 13, remember there was strife between Abram's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen, and there, they had grown and they had multiplied in Genesis chapter 13, and there, there began to be strife between their workers. And Abraham, or Abram at the time, his name hadn't been changed yet, but it says in verse In verse eight, then Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife between you and me and your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you go to the left, then I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. And I want you to see something. This is so important. These first uh, five words, let there be no strife. You know, one of the things that will block the The blessing of God in our lives and the the greatness of God in our lives is when we allow strife in our lives. When we allow this this contention and fighting amongst one another, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's among people at work, whether it's with your friends, whether it's in church. Let there be no strife. Freedom from strife in our marriage, in our homes, in our relationships, in our businesses, in our church. That's where the power is. You know, Jesus said, if two shall agree about anything that they ask, it shall be done. And agreement is not just saying, come on, let's agree together and pray together. That's a part of it. But it's a spirit of agreement. It's a spirit that is free from strife. You know, as we celebrate Independence Day, let's let's become independent of strife. Let's become free from strife. Let there be no strife. What a powerful word. You know, when our kids were growing up... uh, you know, we had this saying that that, that that they'll probably, you know, be embarrassed by or uh, make fun of when I repeat it. But we used to say all the time as, as the, when kids are young, man, there's always strife. And and uh, and we had a saying and a motto for our kids growing up. And it was no strife for life, no strife for life. So whenever they would get in an argument and there was strife, we'd make them say that no strife for life. We'd make them hug and kiss each other. I know that sounds, you know, so, you know, either silly or come on, that's just so childish. But yet they don't have much strife amongst themselves anymore. Let there be no strife. And 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 you won't have it either. You know, one of the things that will heal you and deliver you from strife, because really strife is, you know, it's arguing and contending for something because you feel insecure. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about, being healed of insecurity. I'd encourage you to listen to that. It'll really help you because we have strife with one another when we when we feel insecure that that somebody else is gonna get ahead or somebody else is gonna get better than us. And if you if you if you follow the steps that Abraham took, he said, Let there be no strife. And here's how he solved the strife issue. Here's how he rid himself and rid his herdsmen and rid Lot and here's how he rid his world because you can't control what somebody else does, but you can control your environment. Here's how he rid his world of strife. He said to Lot, "You, you. if you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. In other words, he gave preference to Lot. He let Lot have the first pick. Now, Lot picked the land. See, if you want to get rid of strife, give people the first pick. Give people preference. God will always take care of you. Well, Lot ends up taking the land that was already developed. It looked like the Garden of Eden. And it ended up becoming Sodom and Gomorrah. But it started out as a beautiful land, well watered. You know, sometimes we we choose a land. We want a land that is already watered rather than watering our own land. We want a land that is already developed rather than developing our own land, developing and cultivating our gifts and the power of God inside of us. Abraham understood that you can't lose when you give. You can't lose when you give. And I just pray that that becomes the mindset and the culture of of the spirit of life changers and every one of us connected to this church family, whether it be online around the world or right in our backyard, right here at our locations. I pray that this culture of generosity and giving and, And being free to let go and let other people succeed and help other people succeed. Because you give and it shall be given to you. It'll always come back. It's not just money. It's how we treat people. And it's how we get rid of strife. And it's how we let other people have preference. Give preference to them. Um, That's what Abraham did. And boy, it sure worked for him. You, 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 You can be generous when you know God has made a promise to you. You see, in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse five, the Bible says that, it says that God loves us. Deuteronomy chapter 23, I'll just read it to you. I'm, I'm trying to share it out of memory, but Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse five, he says, nevertheless, the Lord your God would not, he says, he would not listen to Balaam, but the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing because the Lord your God loves you. See, there's no room for strife in your heart. When you know God loves you, you know God's blessing is on you. It's in you and it's on you because God loves you and he's never taken it back and he's not going to let you be cursed. You're blessed. And this is how you activate that blessing. This is how you activate that greatness. All right. You still with me? All right, here we go. We're we're on number four. Um, Number four is found in Genesis chapter 14, verse 20. It says, and, and Melchizedek met Abraham and blessed Abraham. Genesis chapter 14, verse 20. And he said, blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham, or Abram at the time, Abram gave him, Melchizedek, who represents Jesus, a tithe of all. You know, I believe that the fourth thing here that activates the blessing and the greatness of God is to put God first in our lives, to honor him with our tithe. Now, I'm sure that you already gave today in the offering and I thank God that you're faithful and I thank God for those of you that are starting out giving and for those of you that have been faithful and long-suffering in your giving. But I wanna encourage you that this giving, what I've learned from scripture, new covenant believers don't have to tithe To get the blessing, the blessing has been provided for us in Christ. The tithe activates it. It, it, It's because when you put God first, it's a principle of honor. When you honor God and put Him first, the Bible says, God says in First uh, Samuel chapter one, I believe it is, or Second Samuel chapter one, He says, "I will honor those who honor me." When you honor God with that tithe, and I and I'm not setting this up. to receive an offering, although there would be nothing wrong with with doing that, with receiving an offering based on these scriptures. But what I'm trying to do is help you to understand the steps that Abraham took that activated God's greatness inside of him that now the world calls him blessed. And he's the father of billions of people. He is the spiritual father of billions of people. and And he started out when he was one when he was only one not one year old one person and god blessed him and multiplied him and these are the steps he took in romans 4:12 once again that we're to follow the steps of the faith of our father abraham the steps of the faith these are the steps of faith that he took these are not steps of works legalism bondage these are the responses of faith god gave his grace that's the greatness that's on the inside of you. And then we activate it through the steps of faith. Tithing is one of them. Um, so I encourage you to take that and run with that in your life. Number five is also found in Genesis 14, verse 18. When Melchizedek came out to meet Abraham or Abram at the time, he brought out bread and wine. This is the bread and the wine is communion. Again, this is something that releases or activates the power of God, the greatness of God inside of us. We believe in taking communion in church, but I also believe in taking communion in your personal life. There have been many times where I've just taken communion with the Lord by myself or with my family. And these are things where I'm not taking communion doesn't bring the blessing. Taking communion activates the blessing. It's a point of contact. Well, these are the steps that Abraham took. We won't have time to get into that, but there's this intimate moment with God that happens when we take communion with Him. And I believe in that intimacy. I believe in that fellowship. I believe in that closeness. There's a, there's you know, in the breaking of bread, God's presence, Jesus' presence was made known to those two men on the road to Emmaus when they came into the house. And they didn't recognize it was Jesus with them that they invited into the house. But when he broke the bread, they recognized him. And it's in the breaking of bread where God's presence is revealed or God's presence is manifested in our lives. And boy, it's the presence of God that makes all the difference in our lives. Number six, number six, um, in Genesis 22, I'll just read this to you, Genesis 22, you can look there as well. But this is the sixth step of faith that Abraham took. Genesis 22, verse 1. After these things, God tested Abraham and said, Abram, and he said, here I am. And he said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land, Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood in the, for the burnt offering and went to the place that God had told him. And on the third day, Abraham Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go there and worship and then we will come to you again. We're going to go worship. He saw this sacrifice as a form of worship. And I want to encourage you, this, this step that Abraham took is passing the tests of life. Passing the tests of life oftentimes we're going to be tested. Are we holding on to the promise or are we holding on more to the promise maker? Are we holding on to the blessing or are we holding on to the blesser? You see, the blesser has all the blessing. The the promise maker has all the promises. The provider has all the provision that we need to pass the test so our attachment is not wrongly Connected to the to the provision, but rightly connected to the provider. The provider always has the provision. My God will supply all your needs. But see, we need to get a hold of the fact that we're going to be tested at times to run from from following God's way of doing things, to run from the church, to run from one another. We're going to be we're going to be tested to to make sacrifices, to give things that we didn't think we would have to give. And the sacrifice sometimes is to give up your opinion, give up your view of yourself and your view of others, and adopt God's way of thinking about yourself and thinking about others. But um, there's, there's passing tests in life. Listen, when God asked Abraham to offer up Isaac, Abraham didn't waver. He grew strong in faith. He gave glory to God. This is how you pass the test. Give glory to God no matter what you're going through. Give glory to God no matter what you're experiencing. In Romans chapter 4, he knew, why could he give glory to God? Why could he praise God anyway? Because he knew that what God promised, he was able also to perform. What God promised, he was able also to perform. That's the sixth step of faith that Abraham took. And listen. I can't tell you what your next test is going to be, but I can tell you there's going to be a next test. But it's not a temptation. It's a test to choose God's promise and God's word over your promise and your word, to choose God's way over your way, to choose to hold on to the provider rather than to fight for the provision, to choose to love, to choose to forgive when somebody has hurt you. That's passing a test too. It's forgiving, even though your feelings are telling you to get back at them, get even, take them out, call somebody, and, and, and have, them, have them take them out them, you know, for you. No, that's not passing the test. Passing the test is when you come to that place where you choose forgiveness. You choose to, to let go. You choose to bless that person rather than curse that person it's the sixth step that Abraham took. It's a step of faith called passing the test. And you're gonna pass the test in life. God's given you the ability to pass the test in life. What are you gonna do when that sickness comes? You pass the test and believe that by his stripes, you're healed. What are you gonna do when you, financial problems come? You're gonna pass the money test and you're gonna trust God with your money. What are you gonna do when somebody hurts you? You're gonna pass the forgiveness test. What are you gonna do when somebody offends you? You're gonna pass the offense test. By choosing to love, by choosing not to run from relationship, not to run from church. I'm going to say something that you don't like. I'm going to receive an offering you're not happy about. I'm going to have a vision that you might feel challenged by. I'm going to, you know, encourage you uh, about yourself in a way that you probably might not even believe about yourself. Pass the test and embrace it. Pass the test and hang in there. Pass the test and stay in the house. Stay in the tent. Stay in the family of God and pass the test. Give what you need to give and pass the test. Believe what what God says to believe and pass the test. And when you're tempted to be offended and when that opportunity comes, you let your roots go deep and you're not going to be offended. The Bible says those who love the word will have great peace and nothing will offend them. Let's attach ourselves to God's word rather than attaching ourselves to what somebody said about us or thought about us or what somebody did to us because what God has done for you is far greater than what people have done to you. And what God says about you needs to have higher honor and greater power than what anybody else has said about you. It is greater, but you simply need to accept the greater one's word over you. Which leads me to the seventh step of faith that Abraham took. And that has to do with your words. What activates God's power and God's greatness inside of us are our words. And I take you to Genesis chapter 17 for this one. Remember, all of these are steps Abraham took and steps that we get to take. Genesis chapter 17 and verse, well, in verse, let's see, in verse four, he says, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be the father of Many nations, no longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make, your, make you into nations, and kings shall come forth from you, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for an everlasting covenant. What am I saying here in this? verse? What is God saying? I'm not saying it. God's saying it, but what I'm what I'm drawing from this verse is that God called Abram... Abraham. He said, no longer shall you be called Abram. You're going to be called what I call you. You used to be called Abram, which just means father, but now I'm going to call you Abraham, which means father of a multitude of nations. You used to be called sick, but now you need to call yourself what God calls you healed. You used to be called poor, but now you need to start calling yourself what God calls you blessed, favored, the blessed coming in and blessed going out, the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, we need to go ahead and begin to use our words to call ourselves what God calls us, to say over us what God says over us. God called Abram, Abraham a father of a multitude of nations and he still didn't have a child. So I want to encourage you, don't wait for, to have something before you call yourself what God calls you. Don't wait to see something before you call yourself what God calls you. Call yourself what God calls you. Take these steps of faith. The issue is not that, you, that you're trying to get the blessing. It's already in you. Greatness is in you. These are the steps of faith that will activate these blessings and manifest in your life. Does this help anybody? Are you encouraged today? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise and thanks and bless God and just worship him for a moment and thank him for a moment and celebrate his love and celebrate his goodness and his blessing over our lives. I bless you in the name of Jesus. And I declare over you, the blessing of God is in you. And we activate it with words. We call it forth with words. And Lord, I thank you that each and every person who is here today and each and every person watching around the world, is going to activate this power, this greatness, this blessing through these simple steps of faith. In Jesus' name, amen.